Hey, it's good to be with you. You know what's crazy though? Is, uh, for a New Year's Day to start on a Sunday. Come on now. Now don't look at me. I know I'm heavy. I'm just saying, for it, how many of you eat on Sunday? I mean, like you eat. Come on now, don't lie. How many, see? Thank you, brother. God bless you. Clear over in the corner. Yeah. I need to have you up in front because I'm going to need a cheerleader today. But we, uh, it, there's so many things in our lives that, that have been messing us up. And one of them is literally like, the whole thing of starting New Year's Day on a Sunday. And I, I said to my family, I said, I have an opportunity to preach today, and I know I'm going to come home to a buffet. But, but you know, how many, how many people have, you, you got to realize, this is Sunday, this is like New Year's Resolution Day. This is the day that you make all these great decisions. One day, if there's one day you make great decisions, it's usually so the, the, the first of the year, like how many people couldn't wait for the first of the year because you can start afresh? Come on now, I'm serious. Like you get to the end of the year and it's like, I cannot wait for the brand new year to start so I can change all things. And some of it is family. I'm just saying it happens. <laughs> I know, I know my, my worst fear sometimes is being able to minister and, and have a great time outside of the family. I get, to, I get home and I got to face family. And sometimes family is not the easiest place in our lives. How many know what I'm talking about? But they're family. Through thick and thin, they're family. The waywardness, the craziness, the, the, the embracing, they're still family. And Nothing sticks closer than a brother but Jesus and family. And I want to talk to you about, because I want to talk today about, there's, the, the t title of the message is One Step. One Step. And, and I'm going to show you where all it takes is one step to change your entire life for Jesus Christ. Just one step. Now, how many have ever heard of, um, like, we bought things. How many of you have watches or you have bought things that, um, that help you track your steps? I have a friend, I went to Florida, my board members, I, I'm thankful to be able to travel now, and I was the youth pastor at First Assembly of God for eight years, and, and I was at Rockford Resurrection the last three and a half, I've been in youth ministry 31 years, and I've been ordained for 30, and now for the last seven years I've been on the road, and I have an opportunity to travel all over the country, and um, I bought one of these new watches that, that has all the, the progress progressive stuff like like how many steps I take and stuff and I was with my board in October and we're down in Florida and we're just we're just loving the ministry what God's done through our ministry Randy Don Ministries see Don Giovanni is a little too long to use and people kill it okay so I just go by Randy Don because by the time I get to the pulpit there's an M in there there's a Z in there and there's some how many know what I'm talking about okay and so I, I'm with my board, and my, my board member, I have Mike, Mike, and Gino. And Mike is a physical guru. This guy is up every morning at 4.30, and he's walking. I've got 10,000 steps in before 9, before 7, before 6, before 5. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You know, me, I have, I'm, doing this, I'm doing this in bed. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like doing this thing in bed, and it's tracking. It's tracking. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. How many know what I'm talking about? But we buy these things and we put them on the Fitbits and we do our thing and we, we want to justify of walking 10,000 steps, but we eating like a maniac. You know what I'm saying? And I, I was teasing Mike. I said, Mike, you get so many steps in, but there's only one step towards that buffet you're taking and it's over, okay? And so we do all these things like we, we take, what, remember the movie, What About Bob? We take baby steps. We take baby steps. And sometimes we take baby steps through life because we think if we take one huge step, we're just going to fall. 
And I want to talk to you today about how Christ makes all things new. He makes all things different. I, I, I do one thing every single morning. I, I know I wake my dogs up. My dogs are like the 5.30 a.m. dogs. I have miniature schnauzers, and I have two of them, and they, they tuck themselves in me. Like, how many of you, don't lie, your pets sleep with you? How many pets see right there? Okay, you got one or two, and the rest of you don't even, you won't say because you're lying. And so, uh, but I have two schnauzers, and my wife and I, I finally said, I'm, get, I'm getting a king-size bed. I want a king-size bed. It's all I want. We remodeled the house. I said, I want two things. I want a big TV and a king-size bed. So I got both. Thank you, Jesus. One's about 41 inches right now. It's about that big, and I can't have a hard time. But the bed is a king-size. And she said, why do you want a king-size? I said, well, listen, we're only five foot six, and she's not even five foot. She's from Long Island, New York. She's sassier and all get out. I'm from Pittsburgh, PA, and there ain't no shame in my game. I'm just saying, okay? And so... We're in this bed, this big bed, and we're like floating. We're like on this, on this raft. I'm like, oh my gosh, where are you at? And all of a sudden, then the dogs tuck in. How many know what I'm talking about? Then you feel like you're back in a twin bed. I'm just telling you straight up. So I get up every morning, and this is what I freak my family out because I just do it. I get up every single morning, and I take a step out of my bed, and I stand up. And I say this, and, and some of you need to write this down because I think 2017, we are going to see stuff we've never seen before. Now, I think we're on the break of one of the greatest revivals ever in history of mankind because we have a total miracle that happened in the White House. Now, whether we like it or not, it's a miracle. It is a God miracle. And you might be here, I don't know if I, listen, that's your business, that's cool. I'm not here politically. I'm just saying we're going to see a lot of things happen that we never thought were going to happen. We never thought. Some people think the second coming of Christ isn't going to come for Listen, I don't plan that way in 17. I plan that every day is my last day. You're like, what? I do. So I get up every morning and I say this. Devil, today, I cause hell to shake. I stand up on my, on my floor in my bedroom and I say, devil, today, I cause hell to shake. You know what that means? That means that every step that I take, I can be influential for the kingdom of God. That means every hand that I touch, every prayer that I breathe, every restaurant I go in, and I ask the waitress, how can I pray for you today? Because I'm going to pray for my food. I want to pray a blessing on you. I want to pray joy on you. I want to pray peace on you. When I get done, that waitress is like, it doesn't matter. Because that's what I believe God's people should look like. I believe the problem today is we got so caught up in us, we forgot about him. We get so caught up in us, we forget to take a step. We're walking backwards trying to fight this battle for the kingdom of God. And God says, take one step forward and I will change your life forever. That's what God says. And so I get up every morning and I say, I cause hell to shake. And my wife one day says, aren't you getting a little nervous like that, 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 that all hell is going to come at you? I said, baby, all hell is coming at us every single day. And you got to quit asking that question. Little sassy Italian woman. She says, no, no, I'm just asking because I know that the attacks are there of the enemy. How many have ever been attacked by the enemy? You have family, right? How many of you in your family have had cancer, sickness, disease, uh, divorce, separation? Uh, come on now, idolatry. You have that. We have that in our families. And church family, whether you like it or not, I'm another brother in Christ that you don't know about yet. You're another sister 
from another mystery that I don't know about yet. We are the family of God when we're in Christ. And it just takes one step to recognize. See, there are 10 things. How many of you want to change something this year? You want to change one thing? Come on now. Forget today. Start tomorrow. Because the number one is going to be my diet. It ain't happening in my house today. I'm just telling you. There's pasta. It's going galore today. Meatballs, gravy. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I'm just saying. And they're all coming over, whether I like them or not. Fitness. We want to start a new fitness. We want to get up at 5 a.m. Good luck with that one, okay? We want to change this. We want to change our way to help others. We want to reach past ourselves. You know, we see people all over. I don't know about you out here in Holland, but in Grand Rapids, in the city, and outside, there's people all over the corners. They have signs, and now they're putting their little children out there in below zero weather just to get a dollar. So I decided to do something a little different this year to help others. I'm putting together a care box. looks like a shoe box. My wife has, how many of your wives have 5,000, 7,000 pairs of shoes? Come on now, don't lie, guys. It's okay, she's right next to you. Oh, look, a little hand's going up like this. <laughs> get a shoe box. Take your shoes out of the box. Get a shoe box. I mean, seriously, when you go along people, it doesn't take long to eye them up, to measure them up. No, you'll be able to tell what size underwear they have. I'm buying, I'm serious, I've, I've already started doing this. I buy a package of underwear because I, I kind of know the size. I kind of, I'm not dumb like that. I know if a guy's big, it's big size. If a guy's small, it's a small size. I'm buying toiletries, I'm buying stuff, and I'm giving them care packages. Why? Because I will not give them something to enhance their addiction. But I will do this. I will reach out and take one step beyond myself to help somebody else. How about this one? You want to get out of debt. How many of you are you're in debt? Oh, you don't know a mortgage? You don't know? Oh, hey, right here. You know, I know you do all the steps and you do all the Ramsey stuff and all that stuff, but you want to get out of debt. How about this one? Declutter your home. Come on, man. Somebody got to say amen to that because women, I love you, but there's stuff happening everywhere. <laughs> Christmas time is the best. You start putting the Christmas decorations away. You're like, what's in that bin right there? Mm-hmm. Limburger cheese from 1942. I'm just telling you, stuff is in there. Declutter, declutter. How about this one? I'm going to get up every morning now. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read. I'm going to keep a journal. Come on now, ladies. You need to keep a journal over your man. Man, you need to keep a journal over your women. I need to keep a journal of my relationship with Jesus Christ. Keep it a journal. How about this one? You savor the moment. Have you ever said something like, I wish that would last forever? Like, how many remember the first time you fell in love? Oh, okay, nobody ever fell in love. <laughs> I remember the first time I met my girl. I remember the first time I was a physical education teacher in a college. I had just graduated. They asked me to come back. I was going for my master's in education. I did not want to preach. I never wanted to do this. I've been fighting it. I thought this for nine years. I'm like, no way, God. From a junior year of high school to I was 25, 20, 25 and a half years old, finally said yes. I didn't want to do this because I wanted to get in a gym class. I wanted to get a dodgeball. I wanted to knock a kid out and I wanted to pray over him. I wanted to get on the wrestling match. I used to wrestle and I played soccer. I wanted to get a kid, kick his head in, wrestle him down, bruise him. He'd be like half conscious. And I'd be like, listen, let me tell you about Jesus. Don't judge me. That's what I wanted to do. So I went to school for physical education and health after I graduated college. I went for my master's in education. I thought I was on my journey, man. I'm like, well, well, I'm going to get this. Ain't going to make no money because teachers don't. But you know what? I'm still going to do things for the kingdom. It might be a little different. I might have to hurt somebody to get them in heaven, but I'm going to do it, okay? Because I'm all about Jesus. 
And then God messed me up. And in the middle of my gym class, sent a girl from Long Island, New York. Mm. See, that moment, I still have that moment. I didn't want to change that moment. Come on, Pastor. I didn't want to change that moment from the day I met her. I was like, I want to stay here in this moment forever. Come on, how many have ever been there? You ever have one of the greatest days of your life and you're like, man, I wish this day would not end. You have to savor the moments. How about this one? How about making new habits and breaking old habits? Like the habit that I can't when the Bible says you can't. How about the habit of like, I, I will never, don't ever say never. I had a little, full-blooded little Italian grandmother. She came over from Italy, uh, Ellis, uh, into Ellis Island, migrated down below Pittsburgh and she used to grab me, smack me, pull my cheek. Oh, my, it hurt. How many of you have, anybody have grandparents like that? Like, they try to love you, but they hurt you. I remember her saying to me is, is uh, you need to love Jesus more than you love anything in life. And don't ever use the crutch of you can't. Because you can do all things through Christ. <sighs> Listen, after my face was bruised, smacking me, pulling me after all these years. That's how you have to live. You should live with no regrets. You have to take the step towards that. How many have ever heard of 12 steps of alcoholic anonymous? AA. How many have ever heard of this? But you know the 12 steps are so full of God. It's, it's incredible. I, my father was an alcoholic. I never even read this. My dad never went through this stuff. But by the grace of God, my dad was changed. My dad was saved. My dad was quit drinking like that, quit smoking like that because of Jesus. Just happened. Now, verbally abusive, <laughs> it took a little bit of time, okay? You know, you're dumb, you're ugly, you're slow. You're, I'm like, ugly, I look just like you. You ugly. I'm like, okay, you are too. So anyway, but there's a couple things in this. I'm getting to the scriptures, so don't be like, is he going to preach? I'm going to preach. And I'm going to preach, and I've got, I've got a couple minutes to do this, okay? You don't get out till what is it, 12.15, you said 12.15? Oh, 11.15, my bad. Okay, here we go. <laughs> my bad. I'm, on central, I'm still on central time. I'm just saying, okay. So anyways, here's this one. One of the second ones is this. Come to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. This is one of the 12 steps. It says make the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. 12 steps. I'm thinking, dude, this is rocking. Somebody's like, it ain't a Christian organization. Listen, this is crazy stuff. Make a list of all persons that have harmed you and become willing to make, am make amends to all of them. Mm, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Forgive to be forgiven. Mm, this is good stuff. 12 steps. How about this one? The 12th one is, have a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. Have a spiritual awakening. This is the 12 steps of AA. So I want to talk about one step. Luke, chapter 23. I think the greatest step of all mankind that changed my life forever. How many remember the day you were saved? Amen. I heard it. How many, how many remember? Now, I know we in a Pentecostal church, so it's okay to say Amen. It's okay to say, mm-hmm, whoop. It's okay to go, whoop, whoop. It's okay. I, I was telling um, uh, the guys this morning earlier that I had a privilege to minister to a bilingual church in Grand Rapids with uh, the last names were Garcias. 
Tiemo and Becky Garcia. And I was there for six months, and I didn't know any Spanish. I was like, I'd make stuff up, you know? And because uh, I would always throw caprende in there. That's Italian, so it worked. Men's and men's, you know, those things or whatever. And so I remember um, that I started to teach about how do we, like, change or share our sidewalk. And I was in the inner city preaching one time with another gentleman and that he was just throwing out in the inner cities. And I'm going to share some inner city stories with you because God has challenged my wife and I to preach to the inner cities across America. I believe in other countries. I've done so many missions trips with these guys, our youth ministries over the years, that I'm glad for other countries. I've been in El Salvador so many times, I don't even know how to spell it. I can spell it backwards. I'm just telling you that God's called us now to the inner cities across America. And so I was in the inner city with this guy, and he's speaking, and it's highly populated Hispanic. And I'm like, I'm like, I mean, check it out, man. I can't wait to preach. I'm getting up there. But he's going at it. And he's going, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Does everybody understand? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And one of the young kids in the back, it was like, excuse me. Pardon me, senor. Padre, padre, excuse me. Right in the middle, he's like, God, sir. Excuse me, sir. He's like, listen, God, say, excuse me, sir. And the kid's what, what do you want? What do you want? He goes, when is he showing up? What? When is he showing up? When is who showing up? This person you refer to all the way through? Like, first of all, what is hallelujah? And second of all, when is a man showing up? Because when he shows up, will we know how to recognize him? Did you hear it? When is a man showing up? The inner city people don't understand Amen. Now you're saying, don't dumb down the inner city. Listen, friends, I've been all over this country. The inner city doesn't understand amen. Thank you, Jesus. They don't understand hallelujah. They're just looking for a way out. And until you take one step into a person's life and understand their problems, they're still looking for a way out. And we have to learn to talk, not like culture. I don't want to talk like culture, because culture, how many times... Culture's dumbing down the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I want to talk so that I can affect culture like Jesus did. And Jesus went and spoke to the people in the way the people understood. And all he took is one step into a personal life. And this is where I want to go because this scripture, when I was eight years old, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I was at a camp, and the guy preaching was like, today your lives will be changed if you accept Christ. And I remember standing up with both hands in the air like, that's me, I want saved. I was raised in a Christian church. I was raised in a full-blooded Italian church. They spoke Italian. They spoke half English. I'm just telling you, it was crazy. But that day at camp when I accepted Jesus, I heard a man say, it cancels out all DNA of junk in your life. You will look like your parents. You will probably sound like your parents. You'll probably act like your parents, but you are not your parents. Because today, you've accepted the DNA of Jesus Christ in your life, and it changes all that stuff. Not knowing that two weeks later, my dad would walk out of our family after a marital affair. And God prepared me that I would be able to step forward into my dad's life, take his head and put it in my hands and say, Dad, at eight years old, you got to go and you got to get your life right with Jesus. Because two weeks ago when I met Jesus, it canceled out all this sin, 
all this junk that I'm not going to inherit from you generationally cursed. From this time on at eight years old, dad, you got to go find Jesus and don't come back until you found Jesus because I took one step towards kingdom and it cancels out all my, listen, some of you got to hear this. Some of you, we sang he's a good, good God, he's a good, good father. We don't all believe that because I'm telling you, not all our fathers are good fathers. Mm, There's a sore one. Not all our fathers are good men. And so we look at God like our earthly father, not our spiritual father. We don't take a step because we got scars and we have junk and we have pains. And there's no way I'm taking a step towards God because you just don't know my life, mister. And so we hold on to the crutches going into 17. Instead of being set free of taking one step to change our life forever, we're going to be bound by what our father said about us. Woo, I learned that at eight years old. It don't matter what you do, where you go. I am a child of the king. I have royalty of blood going through my veins, and I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It don't matter where I come from. I know where I'm going if I stay fixed and my eyes on Jesus. I've never fought battle of any fight in my life where I've been like this. I've faced my enemy, I have taken the challenge from my enemy, and I get up every morning and say, devil, I cause hell to shake today because of the step I took at eight years old. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. But this scripture changed my life. Look at Luke chapter 23 with me, verse 32. The Bible says one of these criminals who had hung there were hurling insults at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, I rebuke him. Do you not even fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? Now the Bible doesn't say what these guys did. But they're hanging with him on the cross. We indeed are suffering justly. For we're receiving what we deserve for our deeds. And it doesn't say what they've done. But this man's done nothing wrong. He was saying, Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And here's what Jesus said to change my life. Verse 43. I truly say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. One step. That's all it took was one step. Could you picture the moment that Jesus said it's finished? And he gave up his spirit. Could you picture the moment? Come on now, you got to see this. I, I love telling stories. I love, I love hopefully opening up this, this kingdom right now. You can picture all of heaven. I don't care if you think it's all white, it's all gold, it's all pure. It's all, whatever it is, it's, it's phenomenal. But could you picture the moment that Christ, he ascends the kingdom, steps into his kingdom, and what heaven must have looked like in that moment. Now I watched last night New York. Come on now. I watched the dropping of the ball, two million some people going crazy, kissing on the streets, knocking confetti. How many know what I'm talking about? Anybody watch it last night, the New York ball drop? You know what I'm saying? People going crazy. Here's Seacrest. He's doing all this thing. Mariah Carey had a meltdown on the stage. That was sad. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, God's going to start messing people up. And say, I'm telling you, people that are like, ah, God's going to be like, get it right. But Jesus, Savior of my soul. It's going to happen because that's who God is. Because you picture the moment that Christ steps into kingdom, everybody's like, there he is. Oh, my God. 
yes, they're going crazy. It's not confetti. It's what praise and worship and people going nuts. Can you see kingdom? Can you see kingdom? Your ancestors, people that have died and gone before, you that have even lost children, those little babies that were like miscarriages or whatever, they're with God. They're rejoicing. They're celebrating because they know there's a coming. Come on, somebody. Woo, that gives me hope. All of a sudden, they're in the kingdom, and here comes this thief. What is going on? Changed. No scars, no blood, no funk. Come on, somebody. You don't understand kingdom if you don't understand what I'm talking about. Purity, wholeness, fullness. Woo! What is this? And here's Jesus that takes that moment and says, hey, stop. Thank you. I want you to see my new friend. And then heaven breaks out in applause and and triumph. Why? Because one step. Come on, somebody. We're living in 2017 now. You might not take a step to change your weight, change your face, pluck an eyebrow. I don't know. But we all have an opportunity for one step. So in the next eight minutes, which I have a little bit more, eight minutes, I'm going to get you out. You're going to be like, man, Pastor Jesse, this dude came. He let us out really. It's going to happen. I was in Wilmington, Delaware, and I was preaching in a, not preaching because you can't do that. God's opened up a whole new venue of schools now. Like some people are like, you can't get any schools. Listen, God has opened doors to schools, and somehow he's given us favor. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be 58 years old in three weeks. I've been doing youth ministry for 31 years, and somehow God's opening doors to an old man. I'm telling you, man, last year I was in Washington County. I spoke to 3,500 students, got done at the end of the week. They all came to a party on a Saturday night, and 99 young people came to Jesus Christ. It's happening. You can't preach in the school. You can't talk about Jesus. I didn't talk about Holy Spirit. I talked about rescue. I talked about making a stand for the purpose of what's right in your life. This year it's called Stand Up. I'm going back. I did 13 schools, 11 schools last year. I'm doing 15 schools this year. I'm preaching four other times in a week. I'll be 17 times speaking. And finally at night I can talk about Jesus. But it's what the cool thing is. I'm in Wilmington, Delaware, just about two years ago, and I'm in there, and there's a stomp team going crazy. Nate, remember the stomp teams? Stomp teams are beating the heck out of everything. Trash cans flying, sticks flying. Somebody got stabbed in the face with, a, with a, uh, you know, some kind of stick or something. <laughs> Pulled out, and people yelling, screaming, go, go, go. We have a dance team, and they're all getting crazy and doing all this stuff that looks provocative, and it's happening in Jesus' name. And then what happens is we do all this stuff. We got people like you with the hairdos, with the pink in the hair, blue in the hair, green in the hair, Smurf City man. They're all over the place. <laughs> Wilmington, Delaware. Man, they're cutting it. You know, they're going crazy. And then I get up and I'm like, hey, hi. And they're like, oh, really? I'm like, time out, man. I'm good. So I start getting going. Halfway through of 600 and some students, it's after school. It's actually the last hour of school. So they're still in school. And people are like, you can't preach in school. You can't talk about Jesus. In the middle of this assembly, In the middle, a young lady stands up in the back and says, will you stop the madness? I'm like, listen, baby, I'm just, I'm up here to talk. No, stop. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you know what we don't need? We don't need all those things throwing around, stomp and dance and shaking booty. I'm just telling you what she said. 
She said, what we need is Jesus, and we've been lied to long enough. Will you just tell us about Jesus? Because I know, I know you're a preacher. <laughs> Screaming at me from the back. I'm like, uh-uh. So in the back is the superintendent of the school, the principal. This is Wilmington, Delaware. It used to be the number one school in the nation, sending out more political students than any other high school in the nation. In fact, O'Biden lives seven miles from this school. Wilmington, Delaware used to be the most affluent education program in any state of the union. It was Wilmington, Delaware, which is now the worst state in the union for everything. It is horrible what's happened in Wilmington, Delaware. Horrible. Number one city in the nation, worst city in the nation. Not Detroit, not Flint, Wilmington, Delaware. I look back and I said, well, you know, I got to respect these gentlemen. But just preach, man. Don't, I don't care about them. We're here today. We need our lives changed. I want to hear about Jesus. Will you stop it? I was like, well, listen, sweetheart, I got to respect the rules. <laughs> I got to respect all the. <laughs> and I hear in the back, just preach. So that day I preached, that day I preached for the next 10 minutes, and that girl took one step to start 66 getting saved that day in a secular school. See, when you say you can't, God says, who are you talking to? See, I've lived long enough with too much negativity. How many people know what I'm talking about? Like, we're always surrounded by stupidity. We really are, and then we become dumb. <laughs> like my wife said, you crazy. I said, I'm around crazy all day. My wife has never said to me, you're so stupid, you're dumb. My wife has never said, I've been married 30 years, I've known her for 32 and a half. I just celebrate November, 30 years. I am not, she's never said, you're stupid. She just said, you're just downright crazy. And you know what, today, I like crazy. <laughs> I like crazy. Because crazy will get you places, okay? Oh, trust me, we, they're in the way. Okay, so anyways, here we go. <laughs> downtown Grand Rapids, just downtown in Grand Rapids, about three years ago, I'm at the Croc Center. You know, the Salvation Army built a croc center. And they asked me to come down and do this thing called purity. It was, um, it was the little tag, and it was on purity. And I went down, and I did this whole thing called stainless. That's what it was called, Adam DeBaja. And I go downtown, 477 young people, over 500, 600 people there in the croc center. Everything from the black, Hispanic, Italian, Jewish. I mean, they're all over the place. Asian, everything's happening in this place. All these kids came together to talk about abstinence, to, to be pure in their lives, so physically pure from sexual immorality. And so they get done, and they, they had the rapper named Beacon. Beacon came in. He raps. They had a dance team with Greg Molchon, which is now the Grand Rapids Dream Center. We have a Dream Center in Grand Rapids now and uh, Outreach Center. And I get up to speak, and I said, you know, I'd like to say today, and a kid about three rows back says, can I ask you a question? I said, yes, go ahead. Just start it. Are we going to have any kind of really good preaching today? Because we've already heard the rap. We've already heard all the dancing. We've seen the dancing stuff. Is anybody going to tell us about Jesus? I'm like, man, I'm in the right place at the right time. I said, son, let me tell you something. I'm not going to talk about Jesus, but I'm going to tell you this. We're going to say a creed to keep stainless, to keep pure. We're going to do that. We're going to say this covenant. But I want to preach a covenant of Jesus Christ over you. And that day, 116 young people got saved. 116. Now, what, what happened? What happened was that one young man took one step. 
See, one step of faith, all of a sudden it's starting to happen. Let me just give you this other one. Here's what's really cool. I was in inner city preaching a revival at a newer church, and, and it was a skate park. Like, it was like, it was nuts. It was called the underground. Like, the whole entire, like, okay, this is a shopping center. It was a, uh, it was the size of a shopping center. It used to be family fair, right? And the, the actual directions took me to that family fair. And I was like, <laughs> they still call it family fair. <laughs> Res life family fair. Go figure. I can get a bagel. I can get a little bit of schmutz. I can get a little, okay. I get a little orange juice and coffee. Sit in service. <laughs> so it was a former like Kmart or family fair. And the entire underneath was all their storage. They renovated it for a skate park. And so hundreds and hundreds of students would come. And one of the guys, you ever hear of Anthony Hawk? I don't know if you ever hear of Tony Hawk, but he traveled all over the country skating. One of my protégés, one of my kids in my youth ministry in Pennsylvania ended up getting saved at sixth, sixth grade, started traveling with Tony Hawk, and now he runs this skate park. And I gave a message at that skate park, and they're all lined up, and they're all sitting with skateboards. All of them are sitting with skateboards everywhere. And they're flying all over the place. I'm talking to him like, I'm like, whoa, whoa. And he goes, excuse me. And the guy's like doing pikes, jumping over stuff. And it's all over the place. Big walls, they're going up and down. They're, I'm preaching, they're going up and down these walls. And I'm like, listen, God, look, wow, that was amazing. And I'm preaching and I say, oh my God, watch out. And I'm trying to preach with all this activity. I finally get this talking about Jesus Christ and the, the change of life. And all of a sudden, one kid on the top of this peak comes down and stops, grabs his board and skates all the way to the front and says, Mister, I've been listening to everything you've been saying. I've tried to ignore it. I can't get it out of my life. But today, I need Jesus Christ in my life. And he skateboarded to the front. And then all of a sudden, all of them are like, and they all skateboard. I'm like, ah, they're all skateboarding at me. Like literally on skateboards coming to the altar. See, that's not freak me out. You're like, man, I don't know if I believe that. Listen, you tell your story. I know mine. Skate park. One movement, one step changed radical change. Over 55 or 60 kids saved that day on skateboards. On skateboards. So let me wrap this up. In 1996, I was in Battle Creek as a youth pastor. My pastor asked me, to go, thank you, Nathan, to go up to the hospital. He said, I need you to pray for a gentleman that's a little bit older. I had just started in Battle Creek, 1986. I had just gotten married to that beautiful woman I met, a stock, I mean, Chase, I mean, I dated her. <laughs> we got married, starting Battle Creek, Michigan, Long Island, New York. Pittsburgh, meet in Philly, and we went to <laughs> Battle Creek. What a different culture. Come on now. He says, would you go to the hospital? Would you go visit this older gentleman? Now, he's a little bit of a tyrant, and he's got a heck of a story. So my wife's a nurse, too. My wife's been 16 years at Spectrum. She was in neonatal NICU. Now she's in uh, pediatric ICU. Went up to the hospital. When I got to the windows, we've been there as pastors. The nurses, four of them, on the outside of the room. And I'm like, hey, listen, I'm looking for so-and-so. Mm, no, you don't want to go in there. I said, well, I'm a pastor. I came to pray with, oh, you don't want to, you ain't going in there. I said, well, I have to because I'm, I'm a youth pastor. And if I don't obey the orders of my senior pastor and I don't see this gentleman, my pastor's a German guy. And it's going to get ugly. So 
So I have to really go in and pray for this guy. Well, you can pray for him out here, but that guy's mean. He'll, he'll spit on you, he'll throw a thing. I'm like, wait a minute, who's in there? Well, he's 96 years old. I said, wait, you're letting a 96-year-old guy throw stuff at you, spit at you? But ladies, you're in your 20s and 30s. Get in there. You're built for this. We're not going in there. He's been abusing us for like weeks. So I said, step aside, step aside, get up. So I walk in the room and I have a bedpan. <laughs> Bang. Wow. Hey, what are you doing? Who is that? Get out. I said, listen, from the bells of bells above, listen, brother, I'm going to cause hell to shake today. It's going to have all over, you know, like those movies, metrics, and everything's flying. Stuff's flying. Your little bathroom stuff's flying. Coke stuff's flying. Water. I'm like, man, how strong is this clown? 96 years old. I go around the curtain. He goes, get blind. I'm not, I'm not. He's cursing me. I get out of my room. And, and all of a sudden, they're peeking in. They're like, we told you. I'm like, get out. So I sat down. I said, stop. Stop the madness, man. For God's sake, you're 96 years old. You're going to have a stroke. You're gone right now. I don't want to see nobody. He starts crying. I said, let me tell you something. I don't want to see anybody sometimes, too. There's days like this, I don't care about people. But today I care about you. So can I pull up a chair and just, let me, tell me your story. When he was six years old, his grandfather died. He's a farmer. He said, I cursed that day for the day the rest of my life. I told God, don't come in my life, don't talk to me, I never want to talk to you. You're a mean God, you don't care. About five years later, my mother died of cancer. My grandmother died two years later. I lost a daughter. You tell me there's a God. I said, well, I'm going to tell you this. They're probably in a place that you're not going if you don't know him. They're probably waiting for you in kingdom to celebrate with you. But I guess at 96, you don't care about that. So let me tell you a story. And I began to talk about Jesus. And I began to share with his life about Jesus. And in 35 minutes... I had this guy, he was, I was crying, he's crying. And I led that man to Jesus Christ, 96 years old. Took one step towards kingdom. I said, shook his hand, I kissed, kissed him on the forehead, I hugged him. I said, man, God's going to heal you, come on now. He said, no, I'm just waiting, I, now I have hope. <laughs> I said, what's one regret that you have? What's one, can you just give me one nugget that as I preach places I can talk about? He said, my only regret is I wasted 90 years of my life. I left that day and I went back up about four days later. There's no nurse. I look in the room, there's nobody. I go to the desk and I said, hey, where, where's, where's, the, where's the old guy, you know? He said, he's, he's been moved, he's been transported. I said, oh, good. He's doing good. No, no, he passed away about five hours after you left last week. Four days ago. Four days ago passed. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Come on. I started crying. She goes, no, no, you don't understand. Listen to this. This is why I got to end with this story. Because this thing broke me. She said, you don't understand, mister. I don't know what happened in that room. But I'll tell you this. It must have been angelic. Because from that moment, he would call the nurses in and he would ask to pray over the nurses. Now, let me tell you about this 96-year-old man, she said. He was very affluent, like he had a lot of money. And so he found out what each nurse's needs were, the four nurses that he's been beating up for weeks. 
because he has no more children. And his grandchildren didn't know where they're at. Nobody's talking to him for all these years. And he started writing checks to each of the nurse for their needs. Like one of the nurses has three children. Two have just graduated high school. They're twins. They're going to college. He wrote a check for their entire college bill. One of the nurses, their daughter has been sick. He wrote the children's hospital a check for research for cancer for that lady's child. You don't understand. He wrote a check here. He wrote a check. He left well. And he left saying this. To God be the glory. See, that day he took one step. So my question to you is in the new year of 17, how many of you got to take one step? See, I love preaching and I get like this. I don't want to get like this because some people would say it's not a man, but my heart is so for kingdom. As your pastor Jesse coming in, his heart's for kingdom. Pastor Sean, his heart's for kingdom. Jose, I felt it when you shook your hand. Heart for kingdom. Danny, Nathan, praise and worship. Your daughter leading worship on a guitar. Heart, the worship leader. What leading into the very throne room of God early in the morning. But it's this. If you don't understand the step, it doesn't take 12. It doesn't take, I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. It takes God, I surrender. And when I surrender 2017 today, on New Year's Day to you, I've taken one step closer to kingdom. We all have stuff. We all can sit there and complain. Come on. We have families. We hear it every week. I'm going to hear some of it today. And I have to say as the eldest in the family, stop. This is 17. Give it to Jesus. You won't understand anything I'm talking about if you don't understand there's a kingdom that's waiting for us. I know it's here. It's ready to usher us in, man. I'm here to do whatever God wants me to do, whether it's a 96-year-old man or it's a young 16-year-old girl in a high school that says, preach it. What are you willing to step into? Because the kingdom is at hand. Today could be the change that you've needed for the rest of your life. And it starts with one step. So I'd like you to just bow your head and close your eyes a second before Pastor Sean comes. And I have to ask you today, if that's you, you want to make a decision, I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to have you run forward, I'm not having you come forward. All I need to know is this, it's between you and God. And you say, you know what, sir, today, I need to make one step. I've never accepted Christ. I've never made this move. I've been invited today. I don't even know what church is about. I'm not even understanding what's happening right now, but I feel it. And if this is what God feels like, then God's all over me. And I want this God. I need to make one step into eternity. One step into the everlasting life with Jesus so that I can influence and cause hell to shake. You've been shaken. You've been battered. You've been beaten. You've been hurt. You've been scarred. People have told you you're not good enough. You're, you're, you're inadequate. But it doesn't matter anymore. This moment today... At 11.20 a.m. on January 1, 2007. Brand new start. How about decluttering your heart? How about decluttering your mind? How about decluttering your spirit that you're getting messed up with? Because there's only one spirit. And at the end of the day, when you rest with Christ, and he lays you down, and he begins to give you these wonderful visions, you need to get up the next morning and say, in the name of Jesus, I cause hell to shake. Use me, God. But you cannot do it without this step. 
So I'm asking you in your spirit, if you want to make one step towards forever, one step to change your life, one step to never be the same, one step on a journey with this church, with this church to take you through the connects and the first fruits and to teach you how to, to become the Christian God wants you to be. That's what this church is for. This church wants to take you on that journey. So I have a question today. You want saved? You want to go need, know Jesus Christ? You want born again today? You want to know that you can have a life like that? Mister, I don't care where you've done, where you've been. Stop it. Stop it. There's a man in here. You're wrestling with this because you're like, listen, you have no idea. Listen, stop that. Stop that. Take that, take that shield down. Take that, 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 that stuff that's belaboring and that stuff that's hindering you from seeing Jesus in 2017 because you need to raise your family different this year. So at the count of three, all I'm asking, I'm asking to move. I'm asking you to jump. I'm asking for a cartwheel. I'm asking for honesty because this is kingdom. Just like the young girl, she took one step and 65 other people followed. You've never accepted Christ. You've never said, here I am, a sinner. I need Jesus as a Savior. Number one, it's about you. It's not about the person next to you. Number two, this is your day. One, two, three, if that's you, just slip your hand up right now. I'm not going to embarrass you. Come on, if it's a young man, don't look at your father. If it's a father, don't look at your wife. If it's a wife, don't look at your husband. This is you right now. Is there anybody today that say, that's me, I need Jesus? One, two, three. Anybody, just slip your hand up. Yes, thank you, honey. Thank you, sweetheart. You can put your hand back down. Second question is this, and I'm going to pray over you. You're a Christian. You're saved. But 16 has beat you up. And you've even wondered where God is in the midst of all of it. And I got to resurrender my life to Jesus Christ. I have to recommit the focus of Jesus. <laughs> and so I recommit or I rededicate my life to Jesus in 17, right now on the 1st of January. I'm saved. I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I know I am. But lately, I have not been doing. I've not been reading God's word that will set me free. Read. If I could ever tell anywhere in time, if you want to do one thing this year, it's read God's word every single day. Just read. But that's you. I want to make a recommitment. One, two, three. That's me. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, today in the name of Jesus, I'm thankful for the one. Everybody in this place, please repeat this after me. Very simple. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I commit this, my life to you. I say today, I make you my personal savior. Clean my past. Forgive me of all my stuff. I bring my junk to you. I lay it at your feet. I surrender all. And I choose you, Jesus Christ, today as my personal Savior. Father, I pray for this church. I pray for the pastoral team that is going to be realigned. I thank you that you bring back <laughs> those that have been faithful. And somehow you bring a round circle. I pray for Pastor Jesse. I pray for Pastor Sean and others. I pray for this church. I pray a blessing over the people. God, would you cause us to rise up and rededicate ourselves to you every single day? Would you cause us to love you more, be more about you at purpose? In Jesus' name, a blessing, anointing upon this house. In Jesus' name.